You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Bomb DI. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that the typical realtor thing to do? Always on the phone, baby. Always on the phone. They, you know what, though? Funny stat, Nick uh, and, and Paul. Welcome. Uh, they, they talk Thanks, about Andy. how many people are not on the phone right now. You know, like they were saying, like 80% of all follow-up that is done with phone work is, is uh, no good. And so texting and memes and whatever else are the only way to attack people in, in, in a good way, right? So they ask for information, you try to respond to them, and, but you got to respond the way they responded to you versus, you know, forcing them to do it the way we want to do it. Andy, all you got to do is send them our, our viral YouTube shorts and uh, Facebook reels. They'll, they'll get their attention, they'll respond to that. Sweet. But hey, we got Paul here. Huh? Where's a good looking one? Right here. His phone was messed up. <laughs> Great to be here, Nick. Thanks. Where's the older good looking one? Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah, Paul, how about you introduce yourself? So obviously, we're going to do a little segment with you, and uh, it's good to have you all the way from South Dakota. I also know you just bought a property up there, huh? I did. I did just purchase some real estate out here. So I just wanted to thank you, Nick, Andy, and Chris, even though he's not with us at this time, um, hopefully we'll drop in soon. But just want to thank you guys for having me on here. Um, Andy, you're completely right. Meeting somebody on their mode of communication is everything, um, especially when youngers keep getting, especially when buyers keep getting younger and younger. So um, currently I'm with Midland right now, Midland Trust. We're a custodian and administrator that helps people invest in self-directed IRAs. So um, I'm really passionate about getting people vested in what they feel comfortable with and empowering everybody to invest in, in what they really want to. Um, in regards to that closing, Nick, we closed three months ago. Thank goodness. It couldn't come soon enough. I mean, we've been looking on the market for the last six months. And as everybody knows, it's a crazy market, even in little Sioux Falls, South Dakota, it's uh, it's hard to find something that, that we enjoyed and we liked in a home, but we finally found it. So all that stress is finally behind me. <laughs> so did, did you buy out on the country club or where'd you buy yeah, I wish. I wish I bought the first one out at the country club, Andy. So we live in town. We live in Brandon. Um, in, in town, we live in, a, in an older neighborhood, um, a bunch of 80s homes. We're starting to see some new builds um, at the corner of our cul-de-sac, but right okay. in town. Yeah. We, I tell you, Paul, we, uh, I only, and not to bring it about, in about me, but my yeah, daughter yeah. who's going into her senior year down at Augustana. And she's a volleyball player. And so we're down there all the time snooping around. And, you know, there's a day it. between a game and we'll go wandering around the parks. And I, I got to be honest with you, I'm really impressed with uh, South Dakota, number one, but Sioux Falls, too. You know, it's it's, right. it's just an impressive little town. It's it's like when Minneapolis died 20 years ago with shopping malls. Hey, Chris. Um, with shopping hey, Chris. malls and everything else. Now you go to Sioux Falls and that stuff's thriving. It's like you're going back in time. It's wonderful. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's a fairly safe community, especially where we purchased on Brandon. It's it's an eastern suburb. And uh, kudos, go Augustana. That's that's great to hear. Your daughter's a Viking. Very exciting. Great great Division two school. And there's a lot to do in Sioux Falls too. Um, it's ever expanding. I know they have 
They have three or four semi-professional teams here. So there's always something to do in price. I mean, you can't beat that price point, Andy, compared to <laughs> what some of these homes are going for in the Southwest Metro right now. Um, no income taxes. So, so that, that helps out a lot too, but property taxes are, aren't our best friend out here. I mean, that's how the state recoups most of its taxes is through property taxes. And especially um, in the Minnehaha Lincoln County area, considering it's, it's where most of the homes are, but yeah, we're really happy with our purchase and really, really happy with the area. I mean, like you said, lots of parks and they're adding more. They just added a couple more this year, a couple more state parks. So something South Dakota takes a lot of pride on, especially. Well, West yeah, and your governor is quite a firecracker. I really enjoy watching her. <laughs> yeah, Christy does a great job. I know we we support her. Well, you, you know, and I think the thing is, is with with a politician like she is, you know, she could walk up. We could be out on a ranch and, and you know, crack a soda and she'd sit down and talk to you about, hey, how's your family? Where are you from? And, and, and not uh, throw across that political vibe that a lot of politicians do. She seems to be very relatable. Um, just, hey, we want you to have more freedoms, uh, more money to spend on your family and, and what's important to you. And it's kind of an interesting, uh, weird, interesting concept, huh? Yeah, yeah. Her, I believe her nephew actually played at the University of Sioux Falls back when I was attending there. So it's a small world. I mean, she's, she's involved definitely in the Sioux Falls community do do how uh, how big it is i mean she was just catching walleye i think a couple of weeks ago out nice. out at the lake so yep she's definitely personable definitely a real human being well good news paul uh chris's alarm clock just went off and he got up <laughs> good to hear well, hopefully you can hear me yeah oh i can hear you great oh good awesome we were having some audio problems but paul oh nope it's not it's, it's saying, staticky no. it's staticky right guys you hear that yes Hey, get uh, get your wife's cell phone. Try it on there. We'll we'll, be, we'll find it. If not, we, we can we can handle it. <laughs> so, Paul. So now, tell me about uh, yeah, what, me. how you spend your days. I mean, what? So, what is yeah. the, you know your client? What does a client look like? What does a project look like for you? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Right, Andy. So, a client is anyone who has a retirement account or who is looking to invest in a retirement account. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, we're not fiduciaries here. We, we don't help people with investments. We, we ask them to come with us with an investment in mind. We don't give tax advice. We don't give legal advice, Andy. Um, we, we help serve as a vehicle to help people get into and, and invest in what they really feel comfortable with, something that, that they feel really good about. Um, and a, a large part of that's real estate, um, especially, especially in the past 15, 20 years. I mean, that's really um, helped shape the landscape in self-directed IRAs. And it's been a big part of our business. Anything from... Purchasing land outright with your IRA and a cash purchase, um, doing a tenants in common deal to where you're not only purchasing it with your real estate account, but you could be purchasing it with a partner, um, even with yourself with some personal cash if you're trying to make a deal go through. Um, you can even get loans against the money in your retirement through a non-recourse loan. Um, you can become the bank through promissory notes um, and, and get into real estate that way, or, or you can invest in a syndicate. Into, into some some larger projects so definitely a variable variable um, multifaceted ways to get into real estate with so, your retirement account so do we have to be accredited investors to deal with you or do you can you help anybody yeah i mean we can absolutely help anybody so you don't have to be an accredited investor um you can just be an average joe like myself i mean if paul verbis wanted to go invest in real estate with his retirement account he could um so really anyone can do it um it's, it's fairly simple. We try to help make the process as easy as possible. Um, 
and there's so many great incentives to it. I mean, no capital gains tax, right? I think that's a big reason why a lot of realtors are are heading that direction in regards to investing is they can they can watch their asset grow and they can avoid having to pay tax on it as long as it is in their retirement account, as long as they're following um, the rules and regulations the IRS has in place regarding prohibited transactions um, and what they can and can't do with that with that investment. So it's, it's a great way that people are able to build wealth. Yeah, I don't, I talked to Herbie at the beginning and uh, before we went on and you were yeah. just saying, you know, about the self-directed and I've been doing it for probably seven years now. And, you know, and I've, I've used it a lot and tried to invest in properties. And, and I think for a realtor, I think it's a huge thing uh, to be able to invest in just another way in which to, you know, use what your skills are to be able to kind of grow it off to the side. Um, what are some of the rules in regards, regards to what you can and can't invest in from our standpoint? Yeah, so it, yeah in, in regards to what you, you can invest in, I mean, what you can invest in is anything that's a collectible or an antique. You also can invest in life insurance. But you can, what you can invest in, I mean, all things real estate, right? Single and multifamily homes, apartments, condos, commercial um, real estate, land that's undeveloped land that is developed where there might be a sewer system built out. Um, I mean, it's the, the options are pretty limitless and what you can invest in. It's, it's more regarding who and what you, who you can invest with. Um, there's a lot of prohibitive parties, those being any of your direct ancestors. So your father, your mother, they're, they're cut right out. You can't invest with them all the time unless it's on the initial purchase of something. Um, in regards to vesting also your, your direct descendants and their marriages, are also some prohibited parties too that you have to be really careful with. Um, so, got to got to make sure you're you're following those rules. Otherwise, the IRS will <laughs> terminate that retirement account, and it'll all become taxable to your income. In so, so just to reiterate, that, that so what, what you're doing is helping people take, like maybe an yeah. IRA that they already have. So let's say they have two million dollars right. in an IRA, and they take that two million dollars. You guys convert that into self-directed IRA funds. And then guide, or do you actually perform services within that arena? Yeah, so so the way the process, that's a great question, Andy, by the way. Um, the way the process would look like is someone would have an account. Um, it could be a traditional IRA. It could be a Roth IRA. It could be an SIP, uh, SEP IRA, excuse me, a simple IRA, a 401k, um, H HSA, ESA, um, 457B, or 403B. I mean, there's tons of modems to, to really get into it. Um, and it would still be an IRA with us. Um, Self-directed is is this awesome marketing term that we use in our industry to, to really get ourselves out there. But it, it would be a, a similar retirement account with us. We would just be able to perform those administrative and custodial services to help people invest in what they want. Um, so they would, they would move the assets over here to Midland. Um, we would then, after their accounts open, we would then um, have those assets here and we would move them with their authorization to investment, they wouldn't own it personally, but their their IRA would. So if I were to buy a, a quarter acre of land here in Sioux Falls, because I really believe that the property value here is going to continue to increase here in the Midwest as people move from California, as people move from Chicago, as crime rates go up in Minneapolis, um, as as these things continue to happen, people are going to move to these these smaller growing metropolitan areas here. So say I, say I buy that quarter acre here in Sioux Falls. Um, with my retirement account, Paul Herbis wouldn't own it. 
Um, who would own it is uh, Midland Trust for the benefit of Paul Herbis with my account number following it. Um, and that's that's how you're really able to either have tax deferred status with a traditional account or or really get into it with a Roth IRA and and having paid those taxes up front, just continue to to grow that and continue to to build wealth. So Midland makes the purchase and and tries to get a certain like goal for an ROI for for the IRAs that they represent? So not even. So in terms of the ROI, I mean, that would be a fiduciary stake. That'd be something that that we would have financial maybe stake in. Um, that's going to be up on our, onto our clientele to, to work with a financial advisor um, and to do the research. I mean, that's something we really encourage too is for, for realtors and for people who are looking to invest in real estate to go check it out. Right. Don't just say, hey, I'm going to invest in an acre in Georgia, never having never stepped foot on, on Georgia soil. Um, I think that can be kind of a, a wild thing from time to time. But no, we, we wouldn't even be looking for that specific ROI. That's something that we would ask our clients to do some due diligence on um, to really take a hard look at in, in regard to doing so. But there's tons of benefits with them. I mean, at the end of the day, you can you can go ahead and you can rent the property out. Say I buy a single family structure with my IRA, I, I buy it in a cash purchase, I can go ahead and I can rent that property out. And that income I make from the property will go directly back into my retirement account. Um, but then again, it, it is a double edged sword in the sense of say the AC goes out, say I gotta, I gotta fix the furnace, well, then I need to have additional assets set in that retirement account to go ahead and, and fix that property as well. So do you do you think most people take the mind of a hunter? or the mind of like a farmer when they're in, in a self-directed IRA, like Hunter meaning like they, they try to flip something quick, get the return on investment, or do they do more of a long-term buy an apartment building and hold it? Or what, what are you seeing? Yeah, we see it. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> yeah, I love it. You don't understand what that means, but you will later. Oh, I love it. I love it. So we see it all. Um, when, when we see kind of that, that more farmer stake that you mentioned, Andy, of, of that was a great analogy, by the way, just terrific. I just want to give you some kudos for that analogy, Andy. But when we see a farmer, we're going to see somebody who is going ahead and who is going to invest with like a real estate syndicate. So they're going to, they're going to invest with a, a larger company um, and they're going to have pro rata investment with that, with that firm. So say they buy 5% of an apartment complex with somebody else, they hold it for seven years and maybe they get, when the apartment complex sells, maybe they get bought out for 4%. Um, the real estate syndicate might take a percent or two for managing um, that those transactions for them, but they still walk away with a, with a healthy return on investment that's fairly safe. Um, and then we'll see the hunters. We'll see actual real estate agents, um, people who, may not have their license, but who <laughs> people even who might not have their license, but they own, they own property and uh, they, they feel confident in their ability. We'll, we'll see them as well. Go ahead and, and flip those properties from time to time. Now you, you just have to be very careful when you're going ahead and flipping those properties. You can't perform any sweat equity. So you can't do the repairs yourself and any of those parties we talked about earlier can't do them as well. So I can't buy a property and have my, my handy dad come in there and fix the kitchen sink and um, put in a new air conditioner can't happen. Um, that, that would, that would certainly not be allowed, but um, I could pay someone from my retirement account, a subcontractor to come in and fix it um, and improve the property. 
you can also do some administrative duties as well. Um, even as the owner of, of that property of that IRA. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you can't put any sweat e equity into it. You, you can't drop any sweat trying to, trying to improve that fix and flip. And, and you can only do a couple a year, Andy. I mean, really you can only fix and flip once or twice in that retirement account before the IRA goes, Hey, I think you're running a business out of your retirement account. And I don't think these are investments. We'll see some taxes come up from time to time. If people are, um, really fixing and flipping in their retirement account and they're doing three plus properties a year. I mean, we'll see that from time to time people get taxed in regards to doing that for sure. Tons of ways. You can be a hunter. You could be a farmer, Andy. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to let Chris jump in, but I had one last question with, um, yeah. so, so I have, you know, let's say a $2 million uh, investment into a, some kind of an IRA that is, going after real estate, but I need another million dollars to purchase the property on my own or the, for the IRA to purchase that property on its own. Do you have other lending sources that will lend to an IRA? Yeah, so you could do something called a non-recourse loan. Um, so for your retirement account, myself, so say I have an IRA, um, Paul Herbis's IRA. I myself couldn't use my credit score. I couldn't personally invest anything for my IRA's sake. I couldn't go on behalf and, and help my IRA out. But what I could do through my IRA is get a non-recourse loan. I could put 30 to 40% down um, regarding that and then have the property act as collateral for that loan itself. Um, we've seen it done. It's not super common because there can be a UBIT tax on it, an unrelated debt finance income tax. Um, it's not super popular. Um, right. I haven't seen any in my short time yet, but I've, I've heard from from people I work with and my coworkers that it is it is more of a, a rare transaction. There's only about four or five lenders who will even play ball with you regarding a non-recourse loan. Um, and if you guys are inter interested in them, I could I could connect you with with uh, those companies. But it's not super popular in the world of, of real estate. Something that would be more popular, Andy, is say you do have a million dollars sitting in your savings account and you have a million dollars. Um, in, in your IRA and you're looking at, at that $1.5 million property, well then, hey, maybe you become a co-tenant with your IRA. Um, you vest with your IRA to purchase it with your million in the bank account and say another half million from your IRA just to, to swing it home and, and get the deal done. Cool. I'll tell you, and, Mr. Brasky, can you believe that guy was an offensive lineman? He's pretty damn smart. <laughs> Uh, you can see a couple Chris. of the dimples from the pads on the helmet right there. <laughs> no doubt about it. Hey, Herbie, no tell, him, it. tell him where you went to college. Yeah, I went right down the road. I went to Augustana University for my four-year degree about five miles up the road here, Andy. So your daughter's going to be just all right. She's going to be just fine, especially because <laughs> she's an athlete. She's they, they have a great volleyball coach there. Um, yeah, really Jen's awesome. Yeah, yep. She does volleyball, yep. Yeah, your daughter's yeah, in good she, hands. Yeah, uh, they they've had a blast, and and uh, the one thing I can say about their sports, and and from the because I've got to meet a lot of the other athletes at the school through my through my kid, and yeah. they all love their coaches, they love their teams, they're all about community. It's it's a real special college. I uh, I wish I would have been smart enough to you know branch out that far like she did. <laughs> so I went there for my undergrad and. And I went and got my master's up in, in West River, South Dakota, here up at okay. Black Hill State University. So nice. got a lot of love for both sides of the state. It's a beautiful place. Property values are only increasing. I mean, I, 
I love checking the market, Andy. I love going on. Have you guys heard of an app called HomeSnap? Yes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll use that just to kind of see where the market's at. I'll take a peek at it every day. I mean, the market's improving here. I mean, you'll see homes that sold for $180,000 in 2004 that will be listed here for $430,000, and they'll be gone within a week. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy how much this market has blown up in the last 20 years. And I, I think it's only going to continue as um, our friends in Minneapolis – um, keep continuing to grow and expand. And um, as, as we run out of real estate up there and all those lakes in, in our great Prior Lake area, Chris, is, as that gets overdeveloped and, and I can start seeing 20 neighbors from my backyard, I think that a lot of people are going to go rent some new halls and, and drive down I-90 and, and I-35 and come pay us a visit here in Sioux Falls. They already are. Yeah, hey, one I'm one things, of them, Chris. When, yeah, when I was unable to speak on this uh, podcast because of technical difficulties, you were talking about the property taxes in South Dakota. Can, can you give us an example of a price of a house and what the property taxes would be? Yeah. Um, in regard to to the actual property taxes, Chris, I. I don't know if I could speak to them as, as intelligently as, as I should be able to. I just kind of signed on the dotted line and said, let's do this thing. <laughs> I know in Brandon, South Dakota, they're, they're a lot higher than they are in, uh, in other places where we live, just because I know there's a Brandon tax and there's a county tax as well. Um, I was doing some research online with South Dakota before we moved. Um, and it's, it's, towards the very bottom of tax states, it's like the fifth or sixth less, which actually surprised me because there's no income tax. And even some states with income tax actually um, are, are taxed less than, than South Dakota is due to the property tax. So I know it's a really real thing, Chris. Um, I can't speak to exactly how much I, I pay in regards to that. Um, but for property value, I mean, we spent 250000 for a four bed, two bath before the market went super crazy like it is now. And we felt really, really good about it. Um, super happy with the home we got. And, and like so I said, it was in the 80s. That, and, Paul, what is your, yeah. so like on a 250 purchase, um, yeah. you said 250, right? Yep. Yeah. So on a 250 purchase, what is your annual tax obligation on that house? Yeah, I think it's a, I want to say it's a couple hundred bucks, like 150 bucks um, a year. It's got to be higher. Um, I bet you. I bet you're five grand. If it's double what Minnesota is, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I, said, Andy, I, mean, I, I I'd really have to. I'd really have to take a, a more a more hearty look into it well, regarding the property tax. Yeah, that's okay. We just we're just curious. I mean, we're we're kind of real estate junkies, but so so all of those <laughs> people that are listening to us and they're curious now because I think right. that there's a lot of um, uh, people going, huh? So why do I call Paul? I want you to tell us why we should call Paul. And then how do we learn more about you and your services? Yeah. So why you should call me is you should give me a jingle because I want to help empower people to make investments in which they feel comfortable with as an administrator and custodian for self-directed IRAs. So um, if you have a bunch of retirement money laying around that you don't know um, if it should be left in stock bonds or mutual funds and your return isn't great as our economy continues to tilt towards a recession, you want to take your investing retirement account into your own hands, um, specifically regarding real estate like we talked about today. I think give me a jingle would be a would be a wise decision. I could be reached at 605-799-8620 over here at Midland. 
would love to help people open up a retirement account here and, and get into the self-directed realm of things and, and help empower them to get going in their financial investment. And then I'm sure you have educational tools that for the people that have 10,000 questions right. that you could email right. us or a video we could watch or something like that. Without a doubt. So um, on our website, midlandtrust.com, M-I-D-L-A-N-T-R-U-S-T.com, we're going to have a ton of webinars. So we do a webinar about every month um, into which we, we describe the self-directed industry and not just real estate. I mean, we do, we do everything, Andy. So everything from private placement to, to private funding. Um, we also do in, in regards to real estate, everything I mentioned earlier in regards to different ways you can invest with syndicates as well. But we also do fun things like precious metals and cryptocurrency and futures for foreign exchange as well. So um, tons of different avenues if you want to invest. Real estate just so happens to be my favorite. And we don't have to be from South Dakota. We can be from anywhere in the Midwest or anywhere in the country and, and still do business with you. That's exactly right. So we're, we're, we're a national company. We've been around for 25 years. Um, we're, we're a state chartered trust based here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but we have offices in Chicago um, as well as Fort Myers as well. So definitely in the area. Um, been in business a long time. I don't make any commission. So um, I, I really just am passionate about helping people reach their reach their goals. Well, you should earn commission because that's a that's a heck of a uh, <laughs> example you just gave us. Oh, I appreciate it, Andy. I appreciate all you guys having me on. Chris, thank you very much. Nick, wishing you the best as always. Thank you guys so yeah, much. I was just going to say, if uh, if Paul can have the clients back like he had my back as an offensive lineman, I think you're in, in pretty good hands. So keep doing good work, Paul. Is that where you say go Augie now when you leave? Go Augie. All right, buddy. Ciao, ciao. Thanks, Harry. Have a great day, guys. Take care. Yep. Yeah, as you can kind of tell, he's a fantastic kid, and he's got an amazing family, too. I mean, it's just a – they're all just – that's exactly what they're like. What he just showed you on there was no fake. That's who he is. Great kid. Yeah, I, I you, you can tell. I think, yeah. you know, most of us that are in sales, we can read uh, uh, or sniff somebody that's kind of exaggerating or lying to you. And that was all authentic. I think the the thing that's really interesting for a lot of people is that, you know, putting something into your own hands, right? And then having the control over where it goes, what it does, um, can also be intimidating. Would you guys not agree? I mean, I think there's something to be said for having a little guidance on that as well. So I'm sure they can put us into a few other, uh, you know, sources, hands. Um, so you, you put your money over there and then they start guiding on the investments or you can invest on even in your local state where you, let's say you live in Florida, Arizona, wherever you can still invest locally. They're just the, uh, the uh, administrator of, of all the, the books. Exactly. Yeah. You just, you, I mean, they got to make sure what you're investing in is allowable by the government. That's a sniff test. Yep. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and just watch it over so you don't screw it up and don't mingle the funds. So you can't, you're not supposed to be touching any of those funds. Yeah, my fund wanted me to have a new Corvette, so that's what we bought first, and then... That's a precious metal. Yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. good. That's a metal. See, seems like you you should be guiding people, Chris, because this, this makes sense to me. This And I'm going to make commission on it. Yeah. Chris gets two <laughs> rides a week. Exactly. But uh, this is the way, though, a lot of people are afraid of the stock market. This is a way to be able to get your money working for you. There's a lot of safe areas too i think you're able to um well i know you're able to uh lend money as well 
So you can lend money and get paid that way as well. Be a, a short-term bookie yeah. or yeah. loan officer kind of, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's got to be tied against the property, but yeah. Well, cool, guys. So where are we after next? What are we doing next here? We're going to do some uh, fun, uh, exciting stuff with the Social Media Reacts. It's going to be brought to you by Chris Rooney, Home Experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. Okay, so this next one here is um, a dude in Australia, and I think it's cool to, to show that the whole world is kind of going through the, the same thing with the market. Yeah. Yeah, she's a highly sought after property. It's about one bedroom, one bathroom, a living space. Actually, just down here, mate, this is her. All of that in one room. I don't want to put any pressure on you, but you do need to make a decision quickly because we've got 800 people lining up outside to inspect the property, okay? Okay, cool, thanks, mate, let's go. You wouldn't happen to have any hair gel I could borrow? So, just one second, I've just noticed some natural vegetation across the road. Yeah, Gary, I've just found some prime real estate to build those fucking ugly apartments you've been talking about. That's the art of the deal. Right, back to this beauty. As I was saying, it's a very Victorian-style property because it was actually built by a woman named Victoria. Rent starts at about $16,000 per week. That doesn't include your electricity and water bills, plus no running toilet. Wait a second. What? What is that? Is that housing commission? That's housing commission, isn't it? Yeah, Gary, can we legally knock down housing commission? Okay, so not legally, but what about illegally? Well, yeah, because it's an eyesore and poor people make me sad. Right, perfect. I'll have the paperwork over in a minute. All right, so, would you like to make an offer? Oh, brother. My fault is... You guys, my, something would happen to my internet. Now I have to be on my cell phone, and it just kind of... It's playing havoc on me. You're, you're doing anyway. a great job with it. You're you're yeah. not you're never covering it with your thumb. Um, you're not fumbling the phone around at all. You're doing fine. It's perfect. But um, it's Where are you, by the way? What's that? Where are you? This is my house. Oh, you're in a new location. Okay. I'm in my house. Yes. Nice. So, yeah. I'm finally, I've been in here probably a couple of weeks now. So. Okay. But it finally actually looks like something. So it's, it's very nice. It's livable. Yeah. Yeah. Looks very nice. Do you want to buy it? It's uh, I can't afford Rooney money stuff. Yeah. Right. Anyways. Well, that was, that was back to social media. That was fun. I mean, that was a, I, I love those kind of ones. I mean, just kind of making fun of themselves and uh, maybe what people think realtors are. Yeah, right. It's the dialect that's happening or the conversations that are happening out there. Right. So it's like people are feeling pressure. People are, you know, um, confused. People are, you know, coming up with all the reasons in the world why you should make a decision. And and it's it sometimes you feel like you're moving too fast. I think that's probably the biggest mistake when you get into a uh, uh, slower. I shouldn't say slower, a uh, lower inventory market where you have to make decisions quicker than you normally would. Um, so spending the time to really be educated up front, having your finances lined up, having your comfort level with the payments, staying on top of interest rates so that you know that that payment that you are comfortable with didn't jump up $800 last week and you didn't pay attention. 
So those are important things. Inspectors, inspections, knowing the area. I mean, so that, you know, when you go in there, you can make a good decision. And you should check out on Google who Victoria Builder is. I yeah, thought that one was awesome. It's Victoria. Victoria built it. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing. Don't give a fuck if I cut my own thing. That's training for buying a house. It, uh... Yeah. <laughs> that's oh training God. for being a realtor in this market. That's what that is. Yeah. It can get it can get kind of funny on you, I'll tell you. I've enjoyed it. I've I've enjoyed it though this year. This has been a it's been a, to me a fun year, you know. It really has. Yep. Hey. Oh no. Come on, man. We just locked the doors and turned off all the lights. Yeah, I told you I'll get back to you on how many shingles are on the roof, which I don't even know why you need to know that, but. I just want to take another look at you. A second look? You you were in there for four hours. And we know it was you who took that big dump in the bathroom and didn't even spray. Yeah, you almost killed that old lady. And the dog threw up. Who shits at an open house? <laughs> Don't bring it up, Andy. Don't do it. I was just going to say, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, boy, isn't there those ones, open house and, you know, it, it goes from, I mean, it, you'll see it in the parade, but it goes from 12 to 6, and they show up at 5.55, and then expect you to hold it open and just stay there as long as that they want after you've been there six hours. Oh, my goodness. Well, I tell you, it, it's funny how not only just existing houses, but new construction too. And and the fact that talking about the, I giggle because the bathroom thing, it's, it's unbelievably commonplace to be in an open house and have somebody say, do you mind if I use the bathroom real quick? And I'm like, you know, there's actually the the, the toilets in the house here um, are really not for use. Um, there, there actually is an outhouse out on the, the street and people look at you like, and I go, we're not, we're not, this is open, but it's not, it's not a public place. We don't have to, you know, there's also food in the fridge and you're not going to help yourself to it. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta really think about that. I mean, and, and I've, of course I'm Mr. Okay. Right. So I always say, sure, go ahead. But then it's like, then somebody tries to get in the bathroom when they're in there and it's like. It's not, it's never good. It's never good, but you're kind of, it's a tough one to kind of navigate as well. Yeah. This is what it feels like when your primary bedroom has two bathrooms. Let's go. guys think let me know in the comments and also if you want to see the rest of the apartment oh that was uh something pretty fancy there how many stories up do you think that was holy oh, moly they were, they were i wouldn't like that on, on buildings i would not want that that yeah you you know when the wind blows it's gonna be yeah that building will move 
I know. I was on the very, very top floor of the IDS building, and uh, which is floor 51. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and it's just, I get nauseated. I'm sitting away from the window. All of a sudden, two ropes come flying down. I'm like, what the heck? And then a guy comes, starts scaling down, washing windows. I almost fell over. Like, what is wrong with you? Hard pass. Yeah, it was terrible. And why can't that be done by robots? I mean, they got Roombas. Why don't they put them going up the side of the buildings and back down, you know? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was interesting for sure. I, I, you know, I don't know if I'd have all my bathrooms facing the uh, the downtown uh, Central Park, but maybe yeah. maybe there's bedrooms. It's a couple floor unit, you know, where there's beds are up and family rooms are up, or who knows? But yeah, yeah, good point. Hey, I got a, a photo here that went viral on the Minnesota subreddit. It's about um, Rice Street, I believe, right, Minneapolis Rice Street. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you oh. what, that could be every street in Minnesota right there. Yeah. It is horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. For those of you that can't read it, we're, it says caution, remove dentures, adjust bra straps, secure your nuts. Welcome to the worst maintained road in the county, the country, <laughs> county. Yeah. Yeah, that is so that like I said, we just the street that I'm on, we finally I mean this winter was played havoc on it, but we got ended up getting um some you know some of the holes patched, but still I think it's like you gotta really slow down. I mean we don't need these speed bumps on our road. Just real slow well, down. My my mom had uh she was in Champlain going down um uh was it Elm Parkway or whatever it was. And she has a uh, sport utility, her, her wheel dropped in there and it snapped like $2,600 worth of things underneath her hood, um, damaged, actually bent stuff. And she's like, I mean, come on guys. I mean, so it's like, it's thousands of dollars from a one stupid pothole. Right. Yeah. They're bad. Yeah. All right, boys, we got some good news, though, about Minnesota. It's going to be brought to you by Andy Prasky Preferred Home Team. Woo! Yeah. Drum, drum roll. Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing. 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call. Send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. All right. Wow. Our little pandemic has created thousands of jobs for our construction industry. It might have to do with uh, low, lower inventory is what that might have to do with, Andy. Well, they're building apartment doors like crazy. It's unbelievable how many apartments are going up still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that's what they want. They want us all to rent, Andy. It's easier when you rent and don't have money. Yeah, exactly. You wait for your handout. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, you know, I tell you what, though. I, I You know, when you look at, like, um, construction jobs and commercial or residential, I, I think most, you know, um, construction um, crews prefer commercial anyway. 
Um, they're not dealing with a customer or somebody. They follow the specs. You get your job done. You're out of there on your union hours. You know, you have benefits, um, you know. And so I think a lot of the, the contractors prefer it. Now, um, in residential uh, actual construction, you're seeing people losing jobs right now. There's actually residential constructions down quite a bit. And um, the big nationals are staying busy because they have to. They're kind of like a factory. You can't shut the factory down or you have to start laying off the managers and the ordering people and the factory line people. So they're kind of like a big production line that has to continue moving regardless of profitability or demand. So what they'll do is they'll do incentives to create demand on the products that they're building, right? So um, I, I think there's um, kind of a sway. So, that, you know, our, our residential guys moving into the construction uh, commercial side. We talked earlier this week, Andy, uh, and we, we were talking about kind of the fear of that from a residential perspective, we're going to miss out on some land here soon because yep. people aren't really buying it and developing it because they're kind of trying to get rid of what they have right now and they're just stalling that part of it. And so we both think that's going to be an issue. For sure. I think there's definitely going to be a, a gap um, from a new construction perspective because a lot of the builders that are out there are uh, selling off their inventory. They're very cautiously building new models, if, if any. Um, some of the builder developers have to keep moving because if they don't hit their, their knockdown schedules, their banks aren't happy. So they keep kind of building as well. But overall, I mean, I think you're seeing the, the developer that just touches the dirt. They've been pulling back because of the costs. Um, and it just, they, 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 the market on costs were it was jumping too fast. So they weren't going to be competitive on their market pricing. And so um, I think that's all coming down now, but it still takes 18 months, you know, year to 18 months to get a development off the ground. And so I think there's going to be a lack of inventory, which will put more pressure on housing, which is going to, again, uh, adjust prices up. Yeah. Hey, Nick, do you have to spell that word wrong? Is there a reason for that? Yeah, you get um, uh, uh, demoted on algorithms and whatnot. So it's P and three, Mike. Yep. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> there you go. What is this three Mike stuff they keep talking about? Uh. Hi, boys. I got uh, a great segment. Uh -oh. This or that. And Andy, you're going to start us off. So Coon Rapids or Andover? Tell me about both, and then which one are you choosing? Okay. Well, that's uh, beautiful cities, both of them. Um, I actually have a house going on the market tomorrow in Coon Rapids. Um, so Coon Rapids is, you know, nestled in kind of around the Anoka market on the north side of the Mississippi um, older neighborhoods, a lot of the, the area has been developed already. And some of the commercial areas went through some tough times on the old river road, you know, and, and now they're uh, starting to be redeveloped again with some new, uh, you know, styles of, um, shopping restaurants, whatever. But for a while there was really, it was, it was kind of a depressed area, which created opportunities for people to buy, right. Um, and very affordable, right. Nice neighborhoods, um, nice quiet areas. Um, you've got Mercy Hospital right there. You've got uh, all of the uh, fun places in Anoka right at your fingertips. And then when you head up to Andover, what was cool about Andover was, number one, Andover High School, great high school, um, lots of acreage up there still, lots of land up there still to be developed. So you're seeing a lot of new construction. So you're seeing newer homes in Andover, um, a little bit farther of a commute because you you have the, uh, it's not as easily accessible to any major you know roads up there you kind of got to work your way down to highway 10 to highway 169 or go the other way but 
Um, Andover, we jokingly used to call that kind of the Edina of the North because for a while it was all high, high end builds and, um, you know, really exotic, cool stuff. And now it's, you know, kind of more in, in, in uh, attainable reach of the normal, uh, you know, person. So, so I, I'm new guy, so I'd always obviously favor new, probably go to Andover. I thought he was going to try to sneak out of saying this or that. Well, no, because I, I don't, the, the, the schools in like Coon Rapids, what's been happening too is like, they, they were one of the first schools that uh, just recently flipped over to where, you know, more than half the kids are getting assisted lunch packages where now I think the whole state gets it for free, but for a while there, it was, it was showing that there was some heavier poverty areas in that area. And, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It just is what it is. So, you know, if you have a choice and then you can go up to Andover and, um, you know, you have, uh, and again, I, 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 if you're into sports, there's no doubt Andover seems to be the shining star. You know, they, they have some dominant teams up there. Uh, you know, football, basketball, lacrosse, you know, volleyball was. Is, Hockey is their best. Hockey, well, yeah. I mean, and so it's like for sports, you know, I, I kind of tend to want to, wanna, I'd rather do Andover for sure. Yeah. Well, let's see what I get. Of course, now I'm freezing. No, we can see you. It says Edina or Wyzetta, Chris. Yeah, am I? I'm not freezing up right now. No. Okay, good. Your phone. All right, Edina, Edina. Mr. Prasky just talked about that uh, being Andover, being the Edina of the North, and uh, Edina has long been uh, referred to as the cake eaters, and uh, and I don't know if that's necessarily true, but uh, they have some beautiful, beautiful neighborhoods. Um, Rolling Green and over by the countryside neighborhood. And uh, they have some really, really, really good stuff that um, a lot of the money was being spent in. And then Wyzetta kind of became that. Same thing. Um, they've all moved kind of to Wyzetta. Obviously, Wyzetta has a big lake uh, that surrounds it. And uh, there's a lot of homes on that lake. A lot of condo opportunities, uh, newer condo opportunities. And some in Edina as well. You get the West End. Andy and I uh, did a lot of stuff at McCormick and Schmix during our radio show days. And the West End was right on top of that. Um, those go from anywhere from 600 to, you know, uh, $3 million now. But uh, Wyzetta's got the stuff on the lake, and that stuff's gotten just crazy. Uh, I would go, uh, to me, I think uh, I would go Wyzetta. I'm a Wyzetta guy. And I'll tell you, just... I think if you just go walk down uh, to the to the main drag there in Wyzetta, you'll find out why. I mean, the what's happening there and the restaurants that they have and uh, all the money that they put into the infrastructure is, is amazing. So. I think a lot of people are attracted, though, Chris, to Edina, too, where they have the high-end urban okay. kind of vibe. Like what, they, what they're not getting necessarily in Minneapolis, they're trying to – it's kind of being recreated out there. Where you know um, it's smaller town. I mean, all of a sudden you hit a little pocket where there's an intersection with, you know, a dentist, a high-end restaurant, uh, you know, a whatever and a whatever, and it's all beautiful, boutiquey, fun, nice, and you can walk there. People are out there with their dogs walking, and so Edina's created a vibe, and and I think Wyzetta too has their own vibe. They're totally separate. Like Wyzetta's more of the hangout by the lake kind of vibe, um, and you know, I don't know. I, I, now, when I think of Wyzetta, Wyzetta is different than Wyzetta schools, right? So Wyzetta High School 
is basically Plymouth High School. They just call it Wyzetta High School, but it's you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. that's like that's a castle over there. Right. Wyzetta High School is crazy. And again, I mean, you're talking about sports in Andover, and Wyzetta is the same way. I mean, Edina's um, probably not as prominent as they once were in every sport because um, they were the the town for a long time, but still have excellent teams from the tennis and hockey mainly. Um, Tommy Nevers, do you know Tommy Nevers, realtor with Edina Realty? No. He was actually a first-round draft pick out of Edina High School in 1985 wow. in the major leagues, um, and he actually now took over the high school coaching job. Oh, cool. So, yeah, he's a, he's a really good guy, a really good realtor too. Awesome. So, yeah. What do we got next? I got some uh, ideas. We lost. We lost Dick. Nope, Let's I'm here. Just doing all the background stuff. Hold on. Should inspections be a legal requirement for listing a property? Legal. Legally, yeah, legal requirement. Yes well, there's no a lot of pros and cons. There's a lot of cities that do do it that have uh, an inspection. Um, I wish every house would have an inspection. Uh, just because that takes a lot of the problems off of us and uh, puts it on somebody else. So, um, but I don't know if it should be a legal thing. I mean, there's still a lot of properties that are selling without an inspection for and for good reason. Um, well, but it, but it is a legal thing, Chris. I mean, like in Minneapolis, trust me, yeah, I had yeah. uh, I had the city inspector call me. This was a house I did. Now this was years ago before I was experienced, right? And I got a call saying, hey, we uh, saw you were listing a property over here by the VA. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a great property, whatever. And they said, we didn't have a uh, point of sale inspection on that house yet. And I said, yeah, we'll get that done before we sell it. He said, you have a misdemeanor out right now. There's a warrant out for your arrest. Um, unless you take that house off the market immediately, get the inspection done or you'll be arrested. I'm like, oh, my God, I love socialism. It's so awesome. And you know, she should find me more because I make more money. And and the guy goes, I think we're done. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> I thought it, he was it, getting in a way and I go, what is this? This is a joke. They were, it, they were hardcore serious. Okay. In Minneapolis, you have to, before you list that house, you got to have that before anyone sees it. And there's other towns, there's different rules in every town. That's, that's the part that really stinks. You know, some just have to be done by the time that you close on the house. Some have hazardous situations that you have to do. Some that you can escrow. Some that the buyers are able to do. Right. Um, some of them require, you know, a drain scope as well. And so I think Golden Valley is the one that's got that. So there's a lot of, there's, I think there's, is there 13? So 13 different cities have some sort of requirement of uh, doing it. And there's also, who just got rid of theirs? Um, oh my gosh, who was it? Someone just you know, got rid of their of inspection. Hopkins. Yep. Hopkins got rid of it. Yep. A lot of cities have dropped it because it was such a pain in the butt and it wasn't a, a very profitable endeavor. And then yeah. all of a sudden there's people questioning the city, like, well, why didn't you inspect this? Or why didn't you find that? And, and all of a sudden they're becoming part of the transaction, which was not the goal. I yeah. think it was all a revenue generating thing and a to, to get the slumlords to clean up the properties before they dump them. Yeah, you know? yeah probably true. So what do you guys think? Yes, you want it to, to be legal for everywhere or, or no? No. I wish everyone would do an inspection, but I don't think it should be mandated. 
you know, and I think that there's, um, if it ever did come to that where the state required it, and what's interesting is that right now, uh, every listing I have, the, the, the seller's personalities are, are so different, right? You know, from the, the detail-orientated engineer brain to the dominant, you know, I'm not doing nothing unless I have to brain, right? And so um, it's always interesting to me as an agent that I have to allow their personality to control when that's done, how it's done. Um, are we going to get an inspection on the well and septic? And I'll tell you this, if your real estate agent is telling you right now, and you're, you're a consumer listening to this, and they say, boy, it's a great idea to get this stuff done up front, um, do it. Um, every time I've ever had somebody that says, no, I'm going to get the, the septic ins uh, inspected after we get an offer, it, it delays the, the process, and they always end up negotiating something, or it has to be replaced, or it has to be repaired, because now they have something to negotiate with you on versus signing a piece of paper and saying they accept it as it is because now it's new information you're presenting them to, to get out of the deal. And so, like I say, I go, I'm trying to lock a deal up for you and you're letting yourself unlock it. And it's like, so we, we don't want that opportunity for someone. Once they've committed to the property, let them stay committed, get your homework done up front. Good. Beautiful. All right. We got some questions here and then we'll wrap up the show. So Whoa. first one. Our loyal, amazing listener, uh, Greg. What up? Oh, jeez. Andy, what is or what was your impression on the Parade of Homes last week? Um, I actually, um, I, I saw a complete change in the, the the demeanor of most of the builders that were there, um, in in a good way. Like they're they're all still booked through this year, but they're actually they were open, kind, nice. Um, talking about ways that they can help uh, get pricing down. I, I asked, you know, several of them, hey, how did interest rates affect you guys? And, you know, are you starting to see a slowdown? And this blew my mind, Chris. A majority of them said, a majority of our customers, um, we don't worry about their interest rates because they're paying cash. And right. so, and their average builds 1.2 million. And you're like, huh. So, so what's funny is like a retirement executive level retirement area like that is not affected by interest rates. So that market's still solid. Um, but I am actually seeing um, the designs. Um, they're getting a little smaller, um, not a lot of square footage because they're trying to keep the prices down, but yet still maintain a big enough of a floor plan where people are happy. So overall, there were six houses. Um, the lowest house was uh, around 300. And it was a single level, uh, you know, slab on grade kind of townhouse or uh, single family. A little disappointing, you know, because you're like, I only get this for 300 grand. At that point, I would go modular, you know, just get a little more for the money. Um, but then the ones that were on the lake, you know, 700 to a million two was what I was seeing. And a um, couple of them I really liked and two of them I really thought, what were they thinking? But that's custom construction. So... So the markup, they're still solid. Did I answer that question? Yeah. That's not that I really liked. That was, was good. Yeah. There was one house that was over on the uh, kind of a two-story, um, but slab on grade. Um, had a main floor master, which I thought was really cool. Open floor plan, nice big kitchen. And then upstairs, it had a couple bedrooms and a loft, which I thought was really cool. That was over on uh, Lake Carlos. I liked that. Um, there was some tweaks. The rooms were a little bit small. Um, and then there was one right down the street for me that I kind of liked that, um, surprised me. Um, 
you know, all, all Rambler and three bedrooms on one end together, a big screen porch, nice, uh, you know, game room or a, a loft upstairs above the garage for the kids. So it's cool. Did it convince you to start building yet, though? No. Okay. No, I, I still looked at that one and thought, God, 750000 for, you know, um, 22 or 2,300 square feet or whatever it was. It just wasn't. I'm just like, God, I don't know. And that's only because they had a bonus room. That house, I, I, it was only about 1,500 foot on the main floor, you know, and, and had this big bonus room to make up for square footage and dollar per square foot pricing, you know. I think you might be fooling yourself thinking it's coming down. I don't think it's coming down, but I think that there's better ways, wiser ways to build than because I'm just being honest. Every one of them says, well, we'll get together and you draw it up with this independent drafter. And then the independent drafter specs out certain things. And then you go to a lumber yard and you make your selections. And then I'm like, so I'm basically paying full retail for stuff. The builders aren't getting any incentives or sharing them. And then they're making a builder markup on the house. And so it's kind of like there's I think there's a better way. There's a better mousetrap. I just don't know what that is yet. I'll figure it out. Just start building, Andy. That's I will. What, yeah, okay. I'm going to IRA uh, borrow some of your money and then. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because you know me. I, I'm the kind of guy that's never had over a $1,200 a month house payment in his life. I'm super pay cash, have no debt. But that's how I, I feel like I survived through some of those hard times too. You know what I mean? That's good. It's good. I've had payments over $1,200. i will tell you that. That's Andy right there. There we go. Dave Ramsey, that's his philosophy, you know? Pretty much. Yeah, and, uh, that, was, that was a fun night. Well, I've got one more question here. Are buyers still offering full asking price, Chris? Yes. Above, above asking price. Yes. Many, many, many of them are. Um, and uh, I was just talking to a client uh, the other day that uh, in – kind of that Edina Hopkins little corridor in the, in the president's area. And they had two houses that went on that were really close to them. And they said that their whole street was filled all of Saturday and all of Sunday. And uh, one went multiple offers and one of them did not go, but uh, I'm sure they got much more. Um, we've had experiences, uh, 20, 30, 50,000 over. And then there's some that don't go over price. So. Right. Because they're overpriced to begin with, right? Yeah, could be, yep. Hey, I want to. I, I know we're wrapping up the show here. We're supposed to keep to an hour, but I, I want to add a couple things, uh, one quick thing here that, Chris, I want your opinion on this too. So we've had some of our people saying, oh, foreclosures are starting to just dominate the market again. They're coming back in droves. And I wanted, I, I, I printed this chart. Um, and I know a lot of you guys laugh at me with my charts, but I wanted to show this to you guys that this was, you know, um, we have over a million foreclosures less than the last three years. So you look back here at the year, 2017 right here, you got 2018, the average up here was 50, 598,000 foreclosures annually. Look at where we're at right now. So yes, 2001, uh, 151,000, that's because we didn't have foreclosures, we're, we're not allowed. And then you actually get over to here, where we're at 324,000. But look at how much short we are on the marketplace. So when people say foreclosures are starting to dominate the marketplace, there, there's a couple things happening there they're just becoming to exist again. They're significantly below where they normally historically are averaged. That's the average. That's not, you know, like that's kind of the, the, the average amount that we see. So we're below the average. And on top of that, these banks are, when they list these houses, are completely getting full retail or more for those houses. 
as, as they should. I mean, that's the risk they take. Banks don't list properties to lose money. That was a very rare glimpse of time where they did that. So, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, Chris, I'm, I'm sure in the high end market, you're not seeing a lot of that, but I'm starting to see, you know, a ton of people asking about that because your auction.com and all these other companies are starting to promote foreclosures again, right here. There you go. And they're just filling the, the, uh, the news media with this foreclosures jump. And I have people calling me, asking me, well, did the bubble pop? Are we, are we finally going to start going down in value? Should I quick sell? And it's like, calm down. Um, recession is on its way. Um, but the last four out of six recessions, houses appreciated in price and one consistent, you know, so as a seller, you're, you're probably going to make money as a buyer. Here's what's really good news out of the six out of six last recessions we had mortgage rates actually went down in those times, which actually create a better buying opportunity, more affordability. So as long as you have a good job, there may be some really good stuff coming for you. If they actually do start hitting the old recession bell. That's all. I had to get that off my chest. Thank you for letting me do that. No, that'd be good. That'd be a good viral clip right there. I'll clip it up nicely. But uh, awesome. Hey, I put Paul's uh, contact info in the comments. So everyone, you can click on that, get in contact with them if you want. Uh, make sure to click on our link tree. I put that in the comments. Has our websites, has our YouTube, our Facebook. You can give us likes. You can subscribe to us. Send us in any questions you have. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.